0: Sports Pen here in ESPN-UP Thursday, May 7th. Tanner Hoops with you and delighted to have you along as always. And you know who else is along with us is Jake Duran of Local 3. That's pretty typical for Thursdays, but we're always happy to have him here. What's up, Jake?
1: Not a whole lot, man. Um, sitting at my house currently, doing some laundry, trying to get some uh, chores done before heading into work. And uh, so I'm gonna be doing a little multitasking here
0: today. Well, we appreciate you being on anyway, and I get it. You know, you got to keep up with stuff around the home, and uh, and you still doing puzzles? Any? You got any new puzzles? Anything like that? How else are you keeping the time uh, here during quarantine?
1: I, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing a lot of I, I'm I'm I was hitting the gym hard uh, prior to the whole quarantine. So I'm doing, I'm trying to keep up with a workout schedule. Um, You know, I'm doing a lot of at-home workouts. I've been doing a lot of research on that just to try to stay somewhat in shape. Obviously it's a lot harder, but then the weather has been a little bit nicer lately. So I've been going out on on jogs slash runs, doing that. Um, Puzzling, not so much. We finished, uh, me and my uh, girlfriend Laura finished two during quarantine and they were both sitting out on our, our counter space. For the longest time. And then one day, uh, Laura, she kind of just had it. And she just decided to d- destroy them all because they were taking up too much space. And I think she's kind of over it. But, um, yeah, I think uh, this weekend, man, I'm going to I'm gonna go fishing for the first time. There's a couple nice little, little spots next to my house that I'm going to go check out. Um, going on these walks, I've been noticing people kind of fishing on the Chocolate River. I live in Harvey. So I'm going to go try that out. But, you know, just trying to get outside as much as I can. Um, trying to keep things clean i've been I've been you know cleaning like a maniac um it's not as bad anymore I think I'm easing up on it a little bit I think everyone's getting over that initial you know shock of everything and and uh you know so you know not as much like that but but other than that man uh, I've been watching the last dance I finally caught up uh, just this uh this morning actually. And uh, yeah, just keeping up on TV. I'm a huge YouTube guy. I like to watch YouTube and things, and and I do a little reading and stuff as well. But uh, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a job, so I'm not stuck inside all day. So it's been it's been pretty nice. It's been pretty, you know, nothing has really changed a whole lot for me other than I obviously got to adhere to the social distancing guidelines. But other than that, man, uh, everything's kind of been you know normal for me actually.
0: What'd you think of The Last Dance so far? I think episode five has been my favorite.
1: I was, yeah uh, I watched five and six this morning, and um, there's something about the documentary, I think it's the way it jumps from you know the early nineties and then it it jumps back to the to the you know nineteen ninety eight back and forth that it just always keeps you kind of entranced in what's going on because they don't let it get kind of flat at any point, um you know, episode five was really great, I loved how it started off, obviously in memory of Kobe Bryant and and they were at the All-Star Game. They were in the Eastern Conference locker room. And the talk of the whole, you know, the whole opening there was of Kobe Bryant. And and at the time, he was 19 years old. And that just kind of goes to show just the, the amount of respect he kind of garnered from, you know, legends of, of the game. You know, the best to ever do it. You talk about, like, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson was in there. Uh, he came in and, and was talking about it a little bit. And, and you know, just a lot of those those bigger, bigger names talking about that and just – You could tell Michael really respected Kobe even as a 19-year-old. I I think he kind of saw a lot of similarities between himself and Kobe. And and he he – you know, Michael Jordan didn't respect a lot of guys. He didn't respect – You know, a lot of players, a lot of the time he was out there to show that that these guys were not on his level. But for some reason with Kobe, he kind of took that older brother role with him, reached out to him, say, hey, hey, if you ever need anything, you know, I'm here for you. And I just found that really fascinating and and how Michael was able to kind of see that in him at a young age, knowing that he was going to become, you know, a future star and a future uh, player that he could, you know, pass the torch to. to. Um, You also get into the obviously the 92 Dream Team as they're winning their second championship um you know isaiah thomas isn't as much focused uh in this episode but it was cool to just see how they reacted and things like that but i think the most interesting thing for me is the the battle of of the brand um in the in the growth of the michael jordan brand the air jordan brand it was cool to kind of see how converse was kind of the main focus when it comes to like basketball shoes they kind of had all the big names and how michael jordan actually wanted to go and signed with Adidas he wanted nothing to do with Nike because at the time Nike was nothing but but track shoes really that's what they focused on they were still an up and coming company and it, Adidas was was kind of the thing and 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 man I just can't believe you know if you're at Adidas or you're you know you were a part of that company at the time the way you missed out on Michael Jordan you know, that's that's basically like, like Portland not drafting Michael Jordan in the NBA. They missed out on on the top prospect. Now, no one could really see what he was going to be. Obviously, he wasn't, you know, Air Jordan just yet or anything like that. But to go with Nike and then I think they were saying, like, they were expecting him to sell, like, $3 million in shoes. And the first, you know, the first go around, he sells over $100 million in shoes. It was It was very interesting to see. There was a little bit of politics mixed in with that. Um, which was interesting, but um, yeah, man, in episode six was was just as good. You know, uh, you can kind of see, you know, Michael Jordan, who's been looked at as like a godlike figure, a superhero. You can kind of see the cracks starting to show a little bit. He was, you know, he started mentioning more about. Um, you know, kind of being mentally exhausted, physically exhausted, and then you go into, like, his gripe with the media. All of a sudden there's, like, media controversy about and and issues with his gambling. So, you know, you kind of saw that the tables turn on him a little bit, but through it all he's been able to continue still winning championships and being that top dog. So um, I was just entranced, man. You turn it on and you just get sucked in, and and when it's over you don't want it to end. So I was very, you know, very, very into it. I started late. I, I'm, not, I'm not the one to, to jump on it on Sunday nights like a lot of people are. Um, I try to staff Twitter on Sunday nights. I like to let it breathe a little bit, and I have an app that I watch it on. And, and yeah, man, it was it was cool to see. Um, I'm excited for, for next week. And, uh, man, it's, it's just refreshing uh, because a lot of us didn't get a chance to see the whole the whole story. We all knew about it in kind of the timeline of Michael Jordan, but getting a behind-the-scenes look about what was – I laughed when they showed uh, – Scotty Pipp and Michael Jordan drinking beer and, and smoking cigars right after a game like a playoff game, mm-hmm. a very big game, you know, it just kind of it's interesting to see just how things have changed and then Michael obviously talking about how players used to drink cases of beer. When he first entered the league and bumped cigarettes off coaches, so it's all interesting, man It's 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 history preserved and I'm just I'm very grateful that Michael was, uh, you know Thinking ahead of his time a little bit and having that camera crew follow him throughout, you know Pretty much his whole career. It was great.
0: How bad did you feel for poor Clyde Drexler and Tony Kukoc in episode five? Because once Jordan made you his marked man, it was over. You had no chance
1: Yeah, you know when uh, uh Michael, obviously the dream team for people who haven't seen it or don't know a lot about that. Tony Kukoc was looked at as like this young up and coming European star. Um, And Michael didn't really like the fact that, you know, they were coming at him with questions about this young kid who he didn't really feel like was on his level. And you get that a lot with, with some of these players, same thing with Clyde. You know, he just wanted to, to kind of prove a point like, Hey, you know, he's, he's an alpha dog. And, and that's what I admire so much about Michael Jordan. He, he, he understands where he's at at every moment. He's completely present in any every moment of his career. He's looking at it from an outside perspective, and he's trying to mold his his legacy uh, as he goes. And a lot of these times, he's looking at these players as tests. Um, Tony Kukoc was a young guy. Didn't really, I mean, he I don't know who he was really playing with at the time uh, on that Croatian team. The first time around, you know, Michael Scotty and company, they really beat him up. I think he was held at like four points, and and uh, you know they were really hard on him, especially even after the game where uh, I forgot who it was. I, I don't know if it was Scotty or somebody who was like, you know, I don't even think Tony should should be in the NBA. I don't, he probably won't even want to come to the NBA. Thanks. Um, you know, it was, it was just it was kind of brutal. And you're talking about a young kid, and and you got to give hats off uh, hats off to Tony Kukoc because in the, in the uh, gold medal game they played his team again, and he had a better game. He came out. He didn't, you know. He kind of put that that first game aside, and he came out had a better game, and and I think earned some respect. Obviously, he came into the league and was a great teammate, and uh, you know was a great you know solid. He was a solid role player. I mean, he played for for a long time, so that was pretty cool. And, and yeah, Clyde Drexler. I mean, it, I, I, the the Portland Trailblazers franchise. I mean, uh, to be a, to be a fan of the Portland Trailblazers, that must just be a tough thing to do <laughs> because they always seem to just be on the wrong side of history um similar to like the buffalo bills of the nfl it's it's just like they always were almost there but there was always just some some bigger person or better player in their way and and uh that was just one of those things where michael and and that bulls team was on a mission and no one was going to stop him um and then you talk about obviously like charles barkley he said he played probably the best he could and i think it was game four game five of the the finals in uh the later 90s and he's like michael is just better than me he was just better than me so um yeah, it was it was insane, man. It, it, I did feel bad for Tony Kuklush. I'm glad he did come back and kind of, you know, got, got some revenge a little bit. But um, there was just no stopping that dream team. They were just too talented. They were just too talented. That, that team was unbelievable.
0: Has there been a better line in the series or a better scene than Ahmad Rashad asking Jordan, all right, you have one shot to win the game. Who's taking it? Michael just kind of looks at him puzzled and says, me. Like, you know, that should be obvious. I To me, that's been the best line so far.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's little lines here and there. That w- that was a a really good one, and um, it, it just kind of like you kind of just watch it. You're just kind of in trance, and then Michael will just come out nonchalantly and say something where you're just like, "Wow, like this, this was it was crazy." I, you know, watching that uh, uh, when they played the the Phoenix Suns. I think I I forgot what year that was. I think it was like '96 or '7. I don't I don't know. Anyways, uh, Charles Barkley had won the MVP that year. The Phoenix Suns were. Um, you know, had the best record throughout the regular season in the NBA, and Michael was upset. He came on and said, I was upset that he won MVP, but then he was like, you know, you, you go ahead and have this. I'm going to go take this one, and he was he was referencing the NBA championship. And- um, you look at the time when he's throwing quarters at the wall or you hear about the stories of him playing cards on the plane or obviously golfing and things. He was a gambler, but but I think that, that came along with his competitive nature, and I think uh, when you put money on it, especially the money you're talking about that he used to gamble, it just upped the pressure, and I think that kind of drove him to just be more, even more competitive, and I think he was addicted to that competitiveness, that competitive high you get and that high you get when you actually overcome and win. Um, but that's what made him so great it made him so great and it also uh kind of rubbed people the wrong way and and kind of was the the thing where you build somebody up and you, and you break them down and that's kind of when, when what people started attacking michael for it, you know the same reasons you hate him are the same reasons you love him and that seems to be a reoccurring case but um yeah man it was it was pretty insane uh, a lot of good, a lot of good sayings a lot of good just like little things that make you chuckle it's, it's really good the
0: last dance it airs on espn <coughs> excuse me every Sunday night, and uh, tell you what, they have, let's see, two more weeks of that, two more weeks and four more episodes to go over, and really interesting stuff. You can catch up on the ESPN app. You can catch up on any episodes that you missed. Over the course of the next, well, not quite the hour, but the next 45 minutes or so, we have got Oh, we've still got plenty to talk about. The NFL schedule is going to be released tonight at 8 o'clock. We have a little bit of a preview of it. Plus, the Northern Michigan hockey schedule came out yesterday. We're going to rank some, well, at least somebody did it for us, some NFL running back committees. And Jake and I will tell you what we agree and disagree with that on. And then we'll put together a media dream team. We started doing that a little bit yesterday. I wish we could have spent more time on that. We'll do that over the course of today's show. Jake, though, here before we go to break, um, Elon Musk is as we know a character. Did you see what he named his child?
1: I I I saw I, I just didn't understand it. I no. I literally glanced at it a little bit I didn't like go into like detail. I didn't I didn't click on the article or anything But I was a like, man, this guy's just kind of you know, just out there I yeah. mean obviously he has to be a little out there to be doing what he's doing and things like that But I mean, I, I, yeah, you know, I as a TV personality and someone who has to read a lot of names I, I'm always questioning some of, some of these names that I'm reading. How they're you know they're spelled differently, pronounced differently. I'm always butchering names. But I mean, if it's gonna go that route, I mean I'm as good as it's, it's over for me. I'm not gonna be able to be on air saying names. I'm just gonna have to like say that number 21 there for in they're in the red. Because, yeah, the names are getting ridiculous i hope it I hope he doesn't start a trend it's very unique, obviously, but you see all the memes, people making fun of it, and things like that so um, very interesting to say the least i
0: don 't even know how to begin to pronounce it and i I encourage our listeners to look it up to look up elon musk 's uh baby name and it, I really don't know because it looks like you 're doing h t m l code like in a computer it's 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 it just it's kind of bizarre in a way but like everything here nowadays, they have a challenge for it. You know, you've seen uh, notable and uh, noble causes like the ice bucket challenge, and then we've seen less noble uh, things like the, um, I don't know, the Mountain Dew and Mentos challenge, stuff like that. Well, there's the Elon Musk challenge that I saw on Twitter earlier today. And it says, what is your Elon Musk baby name? You take the first letter of your name the first and last letter of your last name, a hyphen, and your favorite number. So, if I'm doing this, it's probably T-H-S 17. Try pronouncing that.
1: Do you want to know what mine is? So you said the first, the first letter of your first name. Yep.
0: And then first the and first last and last, last I mean, of I mean, your last name.
1: I and mean, mine is mine is J D T hyphen three dash 3 (laughs) JDT jdp3 actually that kind of sounds all right
0: yeah 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 it's not the worst one
1: yeah Elon musks baby right yeah i mean that's interesting i mean yeah it's 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 very bizarre i mean i wonder if that's like like you said it's like code for like something else like somehow that translates into a more normal name potentially or you you know i don't i don't get it
0: I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you here in ESPN UP. When we come back, we have some schedule drops, one coming up to uh tonight and then one from yesterday. Next on espn
2: Lawns and gardens grow better on topsoil than on rocks. Ishpeming Concrete is now open for you to get your planting season started. Get a half yard of topsoil gently loaded into your pickup truck for just 18 bucks. That's a whole lot less than the 25 bags you'd need from the home store. Sweeten up your plantings and fix your lawn from the ravages of winter. Topsoil, the softer side of Ishpeming Concrete. 400 Stone Street behind Robbins Flooring. Open weekdays 8 till. 430 locally owned with a total commitment to quality there's no contact paying with a credit card and you don't need to leave your vehicle Attention small business owners in the Upper Peninsula. We know that being a small business owner was challenging before COVID-19, and now as uncertain economic times unfold, there are new concerns. Please visit www.update906.com for resources to support you, including a UP-based team to help navigate programs designed to help support businesses. Update906.com is your trusted resource. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoots. before
0: we get far down this road. Um, again, I've said this before, but uh, my upstairs neighbor here at uh, One Marquette Place down in downtown Marquette. Uh, I will not disparage him or discredit anybody for. Um, trying to be safe and sanitary during this, just this time of, you know what we're going through, with getting back from this germy world. But my upstairs neighbor vacuums six times a day, and again, I'm not going to rip on him for doing that because I get it—you want to be sanitary. But he just started, so I hope that's not coming through over the airwaves. Can you hear it, Jake? Or is everything good on your end?
1: No, I, I can't hear it from from my my. Uh where I'm sitting over the phone I, I will say this it's better than my neighbors I live next to neighbors who like to play loud music at night, so <laughs> I'm dealing with a whole different situation
0: <laughs> I, I swear I woke up one night at uh, it was you know I looked over at my phone it was 358 in the morning and he's vacuuming and I'm like dude hmm. can that wait till the morning I
1: uh, yeah that's that's interesting I mean maybe he's like you know he's he's all about cleanliness during the quarantine I I get that? Maybe, I don't that you, for just, that. you know maybe maybe it chills him out i'm not saying it's it's the right thing to do obviously um you should probably try to respect your your neighbors and everything but uh that's very interesting maybe he used to maybe he like is not working right now He used to work nights and then does that's when he likes to do all of his things i don't really know he's
0: active know. at night he's doing so it right now I'm, I'm, not, I'm
1: not trying to, i'm not trying to say his, his actions are are correct. But well, and, I and I'm not going to
0: rip on him for, you know, he, he, I get it because you want to be clean and sanitary as much as possible. Take care of yourself and your loved ones. I, I totally get that. I just, I'd rather he didn't do it while I'm sleeping. And uh, as long as you're not able to hear it here while we're doing the show, I can hear it and I've got my headset on, but uh, either way, that's neither here nor there. Some schedule drops that are notable to our listeners here in the Upper Peninsula. Yesterday, the Northern Michigan hockey schedule came out and tonight the upcoming NFL schedule will be released as part of a three-hour special that's going to air on the NFL network starting at eight o'clock eastern that's going to be fun because it gives us something to talk about some speculation and maybe most of all Jake it gives us hope and I think that's what we got from the northern Michigan schedule as well hockey of course is it's something that people are very passionate about up here everyone loves northern Michigan hockey and Uh, We look forward to what should be another really fun season. I tell you what, though, Jake, I did look at the schedule, and honestly, I was a little bit disappointed uh, for a couple of reasons. And uh, this would be why. um, Apparently Notre Dame has been dropped from the schedule because I don't see them on here. They were supposed to come here for a couple of of games in October, and they're not on the initial schedule. That was going to be part of a home-and-home because Northern went down to... South Bend last year, uh, so it looks like Notre Dame's been dropping the schedule, and then the Great Lakes invite. Uh, it, it looked like uh, Northern was going to head down there for New Year's Eve and uh, play in the GLI, and uh, that apparently has been taken off the schedule. Instead, the Cats are heading to Grand uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota, and they're going to play the Fighting Hawks on uh, January 2nd, and 3rd, and I. That's, you know, that's the hometown of uh, head coach Grant Petoni and I get it. You know, he probably wants to go out and uh, see some family playing his hometown for the first time since becoming Northern's coach. Maybe he wants to do that more than going to the GLI, but uh, I think the Notre Dame thing is, was disappointing to me. I can excuse the GLI because I get it. Grant probably wants to coach in front of his family and be in his hometown, but, man, I was looking forward to that Notre Dame series
1: yeah i was also a little disappointed i was i was looking forward to um seeing nmu and and michigan tech actually down there representing the up um but but yeah you you know it's never set in stone until until the actual schedule comes out um you know and, and looking at the at the schedule i mean um right off the bat october you got boston university that one obviously that rematch of the the 1991 NCAA championship game, and that's the um, home opener. So, yep, the home opener. So that you know, that's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be a packed crowd. I wonder if some of the old team is going to be out there. I would assume potentially they they would try to invite some guys back um, to Again, take in that yeah, game as well.
0: It'd be the 30th anniversary of Northern winning right. the national championship this year.
1: Exactly, the same same teams. Everything is, is kind of aligned up. So hopefully they can kind of build that into. To you know something bigger as it should be you know it'd be interesting to to talk with some of the older players and get perspectives on on their time and just see them back in marquette where where it all happened you know a lot of those guys uh, i've I've been able to talk to a few of them, and they said that's that was their best time of their lives. Um when you know they were winning games at n m u playing hockey, so um that should be interesting they got to go to minnesota state in november early november that's obviously a tough game uh the colgate game's pretty interesting yeah. i don't think those teams really meet up very often they're they're meeting november twenty seventh through the twenty eighth so thanksgiving um, yeah that's that's interesting so, you know every year they have some a few random games kind of come in um other than that you got your your typical you know opponents like you said North Dakota should be fun. Um, like you said, the, the Grant Petuny connection is there. Um, they're generally a really good team. So, uh, that should be interesting. Um, but yeah, man, just looking at the schedule, it's not going to be easy. Um, obviously I think NMU last season, they weren't really ha They had an up and down year. They weren't as consistent as you'd like them to be. Um, you know, they could look at like one of the best teams in the, in the country one week and then come out and, and, uh you know lay an egg the next week so um there was never that consistency that you'd like to see um from weekend to weekend so it's going to be interesting to see if this group of guys can come together and and uh guys can step up in into leadership roles and things like that and um you know it's it's not an easy schedule but but it's one that that's going it, to it'll test the guys and i think early on it's is is there's some winnable games? You got Alaska Anchorage. Bemidji was really good last year. That might might not be as easy as as it once was. But um, a lot of early tests early on in the seasons to see where the, this group is going to be, uh, where 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 they're at. I know mean, I I think they're relatively young. I I don't really know a whole lot about what's going on right now with their roster, but um, it will be interesting to see how they come out of the gates and hopefully they can get a fast start. They've been they've been having issues with with starts lately, so. Um, You know it'll be interesting to see if if they can work on that and and come out with a little bit more consistency
0: well I tell you what a few notable dates they will uh, well let's start with the non-conference schedule as you mentioned Jake it'll be the Boston U series for the home opener October 16th and 17th and that of course is going to be celebrated as the 30th anniversary of Northern's national championship team they beat Boston U and St. Paul back in 1991 so getting the team back together Uh, let's see, what else do we have for non-conference? We've got Colgate coming here for Thanksgiving weekend, November 27th and 28th, and the North Dakota trip on January 2nd and 3rd as they uh, get set to take on the University of North Dakota. Those those are going to be fun, and then they do have a to-be-announced non-conference series, October 3rd and 4th, and that will be the official opener. Right now, that's scheduled as a road trip. Uh, We don't know where that's going to be yet, but how about this, Jake? Travel is not too bad for this team this year only one alaska trip and they don't have to go to huntsville so travel is going to be pretty pretty doable
1: yeah i think it's a little bit different i I think they had to do a decent amount of traveling i I can't remember but i think grant there was a little stretch in there where they were on the road for for a while so um yeah it it sets up nicely for them um and i think that's perfect for for what you know, Grant is bringing back with that roster. I think um there's definitely some areas in the schedule where they can really kind of, if they if they're playing well, you know, get some wins and really tally them up. Um, so yeah, I mean, anytime you cannot travel to Alaska, I think is is a good thing. um I think they what they welcome Alaska November 20th, 21st, and then Alaska Anchorage February 5th through 6th. So yeah um one alaska trip that's nice um other than that a lot of not you know a lot of doable doable games
0: you know they get that alaska trip out of the way early on in the season october 23rd and 24th they go to anchorage the michigan tech series those are always fun and we get one of them before christmas december 4th and 5th the fourth will be at northern and the fifth will be at tech and then the final weekend of the regular season the 26th of february at tech and the 27th, the regular season finale, will be at the Barry Event Center. So those are always fun. Those are always something to look forward to. And, and it highlights a really fun conference schedule. And if this is it for the WCHA, man, they're going out with a bang.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, if, it, if this is it, uh, hopefully they – you know, this, this, the, the program has had momentum. Ever since Grant got to town, there's been a lot of energy. He's done a great job. He's bringing in a lot of talent. Um, but we just haven't seen it reach, I think, the full potential that I think this team can be. Uh, obviously, his guys are now coming into the program and things like that, and, and he's getting the players he wants. But, um, you know, I think the, the sky's the limit for, for this team. I think they got some guys, like they got a nice mix of of guys coming back, and and they're bringing in a very talented guys. Um, some big name guys, so I think Grant's doing a great job. Um, and we just want to see a little bit more consistency, at least for me, because I never really, I never really uh, knew what I was going to be getting out of this team. One week they play really well against a ranked opponent, and then the next they kind of come out and and they just don't have that that spark, that that you know that energy. So. It's going to
0: be interesting to see. Well, I'm excited for it. It should be another really fun year of wildcat hockey. We're hoping it's another fun year of NFL football as well, and the schedule will be released tonight. And I tell you what, Jake, we know who the opponents are going to be for every team. We just don't know what the order is, when they're going to play, where, what have you. But uh, have you had a chance to look at the Packers opponents? I mean, you know that you're going to get the divisional teams. uh, Packers are going to line up with the Lions, Vikings, and Bears twice a year. But, man, any other of those matchups that you've had a chance to look at maybe think, hey, this could be a really fun one?
1: I'm gonna, I'm, I'm trying to put bias aside. I'm trying to be better this year about not being so biased. I'm not going to sit here and say Green Bay is never, not going to lose this year. Um, I think the home schedule, though, it, it's pretty doable. I mean, you just look at the opponents. Yeah, we don't know when they're going to play, um, and weather can definitely be a factor. But like you said, you, you obviously got the Vikings, Lions, and Bears in there. Um, you know, Atlanta, they weren't that that strong last year. They got some guys, you know, added to their roster. Could they they bounce back? I'm sure they could. They got the Carolina Panthers, uh, obviously a new coach there, and, and Teddy Bridgewater finally getting his chance to start. So that one should be interesting. Jacksonville, I think they're a train wreck. I honestly think they're tanking this year. I, I'm going to mark that up as a, as a dub. Tennessee is going to be tough. You know Matt LaFleur's old old uh, stomping ground, so there's going to be a nice storyline there. Uh, Philly, obviously Philly got the best to Green Bay um, late in that one. That was definitely a winnable game for Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers turning the ball over there late in that one. So um, they're going to be hungry in that one. Now the away schedule is kind of what scares me because you could lose. Detroit's very vi- viable. They could definitely beat you on their home field. Obviously Minnesota's tough. They got a lot of people. People, you got to realize Minnesota had, I think, lost like nine starters total, and they're bringing in a lot of rookies. So um, I would pump the brakes on Minnesota a little bit. I think Detroit is, is primed for a, a bounce back year, and Chicago's right there as well. But you got to go to New Orleans. That's going to be tough. Tom Brady, um, you know, you're going to try to go down to Tampa and beat Tom. Um, Deshaun Watson's always tough in Houston. Indy with. The, uh, 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 what's his? Uh, Philip Rivers. I forgot his name. Sorry. Um, Philip Rivers. You know, you can never count out vet like Philip. And then obviously the big one is that San Francisco game. Um, Green Bay looking for some revenge because they absolutely stomped Green Bay uh, twice last year. So this, this, you know, I think the home schedule is definitely doable. Can they sneak out a couple wins on the road potentially? I'm, I'm, I'm going. I like to go. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to keep it a little low. I want to say that Green Bay can, might be able to squeak out ten wins. I don't think they're going to go 13-3, but I would say around 10 wins potentially.
0: I tell you what, Jake, um, try this one on for size because I've seen unconfirmed reports about this, but this is a report that came out on Twitter, and I don't know if the NFL has confirmed it, but I just I want to speculate on this. The rumor is week one will be Buccaneers and Saints. Right off the bat, we get Breeze versus Brady, and if that game is not prime time, and I'm talking – uh, Sunday or Monday. Yeah, I guess we could make it permissible if it's a Thursday night game because it would be the season opener, but that is it, that's the ratings boost the
1: NFL needs. I mean
0: prime time Brady breeze. I, mean, I I'm here for it if that ends up being what happens.
1: Yeah, definitely I think uh, uh, Tampa and Tom Brady they're going to be kind of the darling of, you know, the the primetime game this season. Um going to be a huge test. Uh, I think New Orleans has uh, I think New Orleans has the advantage because uh you know it's going to take Tampa Bay some um, some time I think to to get a rhythm, get a flow, kind of get used to the the newer pieces. Obviously, with Tom being there as well, um, but also a, a great opportunity for Tom Brady and company to come in and, and show show the the NFL world that hey, we are here and we are a legit threat. You got two Hall of Fame quarterbacks going at it. Um, it's a division game. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it checks off all the boxes for sure. It's definitely going to be must see TV. Um, I'm gonna have. I I'm, I'm making early predictions right now but I think Saint, the Saints are going to have a little bit of an edge there just because they're a little bit more um established and and kind of know each other better but I think it's going to be a good opportunity for Tom Brady to come in and say yeah wherever I go you know you win and uh um it's going it's to be cool to see Tom Brady in a new uniform I, I I'm not going to believe it till I see it and, and it's going to be a good one that's too well New Orleans is definitely a high-powered offense, but Tampa Bay on paper is looking like a high-powered offense as well. So, um, should be a shootout. I guess pretty good, decent defenses as well. So, going to be an all-around good game. I think both teams are pretty even when you talk about them on paper.
0: Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you here in ESPN UP. Let's take our next time out. We'll talk a few running backs and who's got the best depth at that position. Next on ESPN UP.
2: Marquette's Big Boy Restaurant will be offering Mother's Day dinners for pickup. Baked ham, herb-roasted chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy, corn stuffing, sweet potatoes, and a dinner roll for just $12.99. For a dollar extra, you can have it delivered by DoorDash. Give them a call, 226-1062. It's available from 10 until 6 on Mother's Day at Marquette's Big Boy Restaurant. Marquette's Big Boy, what's your favorite? Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoop.
0: Cuban says the team won't reopen their facilities due to the inability to test enough players. Legendary boxer Evander Holyfield is coming out of retirement to participate in charity bouts. And finally, Selena Gomez is getting her own cooking show on HBO Max. The only problem is she doesn't know how to cook. The first season has been approved for 10 episodes and will launch on May 27th.
1: How about that, Jake? Are you going to be tuning in? Are you going to be tuning in, Tanner?
0: I, I'll tell you what, Dave. Uh, I went to... Selena in concert in Saint Paul, Minnesota, at the Xcel Energy Center for my 20th birthday. Uh, me and my friends did, and I tell you, we did not go because of her music. If you know, you catch what I'm laying down. But <laughs> I get uh, gosh, so yeah, yeah, I'm probably gonna go hang out and uh, you watch a little Selena try to cook. Um, I was gonna say,
1: you're, so you're not gonna be going for the cooking. No, no. <laughs> Oh gosh, gotcha, you gotcha. Um, you don't so know like h- kitchen nightmares.
0: I, I don't know. I'm not sure what the basis of this is, but this is where we've gotten now is we've gotten to the point where, well, I guess we kind of already were. I mean, Nathan Peterman is an NFL quarterback still. He's got a job playing football, even though he, he can't. Um, so <laughs> so why not give Selena the, the opportunity to cook, even though she doesn't know how, apparently. Right. So yeah, I don't yeah. know, but she is uh, f- uh, tying in charity work to this. I, every episode, oh, okay. uh, proceeds are being donated to a charity or something. Uh, to that effect, I don't know, I didn't read the full article. I skimmed it and I got that out of it. So, uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> gotcha. she's uh, getting her own cooking show on uh, HBO Max. How about that?
1: Interesting, interesting. Um, I, I don't know if I'll be tuning in, but but you never know. By, my <laughs> lo- never. By that logic,
0: I could have my own cooking show, Jake, because, uh, let's see, I, I mean, I can make a frozen pizza. That's pretty much what I've lived off here during this quarantine. It's terrible for me, but... It's either that or DoorDash for me, man. I'm, I'm just not a—I'm not a cooker.
1: I mean, I'm not—definitely not like a five-star chef in my own rights. I know how to cook like, like basic things. Like, if I wanted to have—if I wanted to eat healthy and things, like I know how to cook. Like, you know, I can like cook chicken and stuff like that, and I know how to make rice and things like that. But yeah, I'm not one to like learn a lot of new recipes i kind of am stuck in my ways do i want to i wouldn't mind taking like some cooking classes and things like that maybe it definitely was maybe something i probably should have you know looked into more during while i'm at home as much but um yeah man i i I should definitely look into it but yeah cooking is, is i'm not like the worst like i won't poison anybody food poison anybody or anything like that but i also don't have like a huge like you know, cookbook of, of things that I, I know how to make. So maybe expand a little bit. Maybe that's something I'll do um, as we hopefully near the end of this quarantine period. Well, I tell you what,
0: we've got some running backs to talk about. Who's got the most depth at the running back position? Uh, the score came out with their rankings for all 32 teams. But before we get to that, Jake, uh, this was fun. This was something that uh, I I believe it's called Corp. I think that's how you pronounce it, Corp was able to get some kind of, you know, it's scary how much data, you know, some <laughs> some of these companies can get, but they did get this and it's really interesting and it's the most commonly stolen passwords, like passwords for social media, uh, really anything that are used by sports fans as they relate to sports teams. So basically it's the top five passwords that are just sports team names that <laughs> and it's it's kind of it's kind of comical that you know this is there's no let or there's no numbers it's all letters and it's just like a team name i guess one is a slogan but um jake any guesses who would be in this top 5 uh, which teams that are their nicknames are used as passwords before i give you the list
1: oh man um honestly I, I i don't i don't really have any off the top of my head i mean just hit me with the list
0: number 5 eagles the Philadelphia Eagles, apparently. I didn't know they were that popular.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe if you look at the most diehard fans, who, who, would, I'm, now I'm not gonna say any fan bases are dumb or anything <laughs> like that, but, but I mean, Eagles. I mean, I could put, I potentially could put, potentially spell Eagles wrong, you know, even <laughs> if I tried. It's it's one of those words, but, um, people, you gotta use, you know, you gotta use numbers, use, you know, special cases and things like that, um, because these days you can get hacked. At any point, from any, you know, everybody's a hacker these days. It's scary.
0: Enough people just use the word Eagles, simply Eagles, to It's, be- it's better password. than password. <laughs> it's better than the word password.
1: Or 1234. Yep. One,
0: 12345. Uh, enough people just wrote Eagles as their password to get on this top five list. Number four, Red Sox. Hmm. You're starting to see a pattern here. Number three, Steelers. So. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Boston, Philadelphia, <laughs> all made it on this list. Um, number two, Yankees, and number one, the most commonly stolen sports password, according to Casey Corp, is Roll Tide. Why does Roll Tide. why do none of those surprise me, Jake?
1: Man, at least you know I I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get in trouble by saying some stuff, but um, roll tide, at least put like a one, I mean, <laughs> I guess that one, roll tide number one or something, I don't know, jeez, um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to say,
0: I'm not going to disparage fan bases, I'm only going to say none of those fan bases being on this list shocks me,
1: that's no, those all i those, those are some diehard fan bases, yes they are, uh, all I can say out there if you're listening and you have some easy passwords, I, I grew up one of my really, really good friends, now works in IT, very successful, And when we were younger, he kind of kind of schooled me on the on the password game and why you need this and and things like that. And he really broke it down for me. So, you know, use capital letters, you know, try not to use family names because a lot of these people will go and look at your past history and names of your parents or your kids and stuff like that. Use special cases you know, uh pound signs, exclamation points and things like that. And and definitely don't have one universal password for everything. That is a bad mistake. And 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 make sure you have a, a safe place where you keep these passwords. I because tell those you are what basic rules.
0: I tell you what, the score came out with their rankings of all thirty two NFL franchises running back committees. Number one on this list, Jake the San Francisco 49ers, and I look at who they have on their depth chart, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon. They did lose Matt Breida, but uh, I'm bringing in a guy like Tevin Coleman in a role where he really doesn't have to do it all, kind of like he had to do in Atlanta, and he can be part of a system that we saw work really well in their run to the Super Bowl. Plus, you throw in an all-pro fullback and Kyle Juszczyk. I'm okay with the uh, Niners being number one on this list.
1: Yeah, you know, especially with the run they just came off of—no pun intended. Uh, you know, they—they they have depth. Obviously, the sy- the system kind of caters to their running backs and things like that. But um, it, it's guys that they have similarities, but the, you know, they're a little bit different. And and it just goes to show you—you know—they lose one. Of, you know, Breed is obviously in Miami. They lose one of their top guys, and they're still considered one of the best. I mean, I mean, you're talking about that—that's uh, for defenses. That's that's exhausting exhausting and they just pound you and pound you and pound you and then um you know your defense is going to break at some point so um i have no trouble with that like i said being a packer fan you know i have the utmost respect for san francisco and, and what they do and they're really good at what they do and that's running football so um got to get props and props to do
0: number two on this list the cleveland browns with nick chubb he's effectively sidelined a former rushing champion in kareem hunt but those two make for a pretty good one-two punch plus they add andy janovich at the fullback position what do you think of cleveland being number two on this list
1: you know i, I don't know about cleveland man I, kareem hunt obviously when he was with kansas city he was very solid nick chubb is an up-and-coming but i want to see a, a little bit of more consistency i want to see them win games i want to see them live up to some of these expectations um Obviously, two really good backs, uh, and, and yeah, they, they are decent together. It's a nice one-two punch there, but um, I think it may be a little high for Cleveland, a little bit.
0: Number three on this list, a divisional rival with Cleveland, the Baltimore Ravens. You've got Mark Ingram, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards. They all did a really good job together last year. Now you throw in J.K. Dobbins with Patrick Ricard at the fullback position. You like Baltimore at number three?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the fullback position is very key for all of these top teams. They got to give a shout out to the fullbacks. They don't get a lot of shine. I mean, Baltimore's super scary this year. That offense is going to be almost almost unstoppable. I mean, you're really going to have to buckle down on defense. Uh, Ingram is definitely a load. He's one of those guys that you just don't want to tackle. Um, J.K. Dobbins coming into that group, like, are you kidding me? I I actually had J.K. Dobbins is is uh, you know almost up there as my top back I mean I really like what we bring to the table he's a tough runner he has the breakaway speed he can hit the home run and he's really good in the passing game so um, you're giving all those weapons to Lamar Jackson that is a very scary offense I don't mind Baltimore being up there uh, when you first told me about this this subject the first team that or this topic first team that popped in my head was the Ravens so I'm I'm okay with that
0: number four on this list and again this was put together by the score ranking all 32 NFL teams Running back committees number four, the Denver Broncos you've got Melvin Gordon Philip Lindsay both are former pro bowlers and They can kind of do it all live between the tackles get on the edge contribute catching passes You throw in Royce Freeman a guy who's kind of a project kind of a work in progress, but you like Denver being number four
1: Yeah, I mean I don't mind obviously Melvin Gordon um, When he was really churning in the yards out in in uh, LA. He was he was a really solid back was very, very legitimate at Wisconsin, he was just you know a tough runner again, a guy that can hit the home run for you, obviously, we all know about phil Philip Lindsay, this undrafted guy who came out of nowhere. you know it always seems like denver is is a really good spot if you're a running back, you, you kind of want to land there because um they just always use their running back so well it's It's part of their history, and like i said royce freeman i I'm pretty sure uh I think he went to Oregon, he was a really good back there. Um, And anytime you can have a guy that, you know, with with the potential of Freeman as your third guy, um, you know, who has all the talent in the world, I think you you have a really good thing going for yourselves.
0: Number five, rounding out the top five in the scores list of best rushing attacks, best running back depth in the NFL, the Minnesota Vikings. Dalvin Cook, obviously a pro bowler last year, but he finally was able to play a full season and we see what... Uh, he can do at the NFL level, but he's only played 29 out of a possible 48 games in his NFL career. But you've got other guys that were able to contribute, including Alexander Madison, Mike Boone, Amir Abdullah has uh, got NFL experience at a high level, and then C.J. Ham was an All-Pro fullback a year ago. You like the Vikings being at number five?
1: You know the Vikings, they're they're solid. Like Dalvin Cook, I have you know a lot of respect for. Um, like like you mentioned, he has to stay healthy, but when he's when he's healthy he's one of the top running backs in the league and i think he kind of uh, gives gives this back to legitimacy and it, it puts them in the conversation the other guys you mentioned they're nice they're obviously not going to be workhorse backs for you but they're they're good to come in you know in situations um and you got the like you said you got the all pro fullback there so um i'm never going to give the vikings a a ton of credit but but i'll i'll give them this one uh, they they deserve to be on the list because dalvin cook is just that big of a monster when he's healthy
0: I'll give you the top ten, and you can tell me if any of these teams belong or don't belong, and I do want to go to the bottom of this list here before we go to break. Number six, the New Orleans Saints. Number seven, the New York Giants. Number eight, the Seattle Seahawks. Number nine, your Green Bay Packers. And number ten, the Dallas Cowboys. You like the top ten? Anybody that should be moved around?
1: Um... You know, I think I think they did a, a pretty good job. You know, a lot of those teams you you mentioned, they they have that that workhorse back. Um, obviously, you talk about Ezekiel Elliott, Sa- Saquon Barkley's in there, and anytime you can you can bring on a premier player like that, um, it doesn't really matter who you have backing up. is as, as long as you're you know a moderately good back, you're going to be looked at as is a really tough duo. Uh, the Saints, Alvin Kamara can do it all. Um, they're they're pretty good. Uh, Murray was there. He's been a, a pretty good backup after losing Ingram. Um, the Packers, Aaron Jones, you know, he had a, an outstanding year. Um, you know, Jamal Williams went healthy. He's a tough runner too. So um, I don't really have any any gripes with it or anything like that. Um, I'm sure Dallas Cowboys fans will try to would would probably want their their guys up a little higher because Zeke Elliott is a beast um you could you know was he better than aaron jones last year probably not because aaron jones is, is a really good pass catcher um but you know i'm okay with all that i'm okay with all that i, I really will like to see aaron jones and a.j dylan this year i think that's going to be a nice you know old school thunder lightning combo um and i think a.j dylan's going to surprise some people as long as he can stay healthy i think he's He's going to turn some heads. I think uh, people are kind of under underestimating him just a little bit. I know he wasn't a big name, but um, you know I've been looking at some of his highlights and things he likes to do, and he's he's a little bit faster than people will give him credit for for his size. So um, I, I'm not going to say he's going to come out and, and you know win offensive rookie of the year or anything, but I think him, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, I think those are going to be some pretty you know that's a pretty good rotation. there.
0: Let's jump to the bottom of the list here before we go to break. The team in dead last on the scores list of running back depth in the NFL for the coming season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Ronald Jones as their top back. You know, and he's fine. He he does all right. Beyond him, though, Kayshawn Vaughn right now is listed as their number two. Dare uh, Agumbawale, TJ Logan, and Raymond Calais with no fullback currently on the roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at that offense. They have all the weapons on the outside. They have a deep tight end position. You know, they have, a pretty solid offensive line now for Tom Brady, but um, unfortunately Tampa wasn't wasn't able to patch up all of their holes. You hope that's not the the, the Achilles heel of the team. Um, you know, you want to have some sort of threat of a running game. Like you said, Ronald Jones isn't bad. Um, I don't. I haven't really got to see a lot of him in the NFL. I remember him at USC, and he was he was pretty special there. You know, he he kind of reminded me of Jamal Charles a little bit um in the league i don't know if he's you know I, I i guess he's he's pretty decent but um yeah i don't really know too much about the guys behind them so you hope uh they can get some production to help up tom brady because you don't want him to kind of just be sitting back there um you know as as a target but who knows man they have uh, so many pass catchers it might not even matter for this team I, i'm you know i'm just super impressed with with the weapons on the outside and like you said or you know like like a lot of people are talking about that tight end group with oj howard and company um, they're gonna be uh, Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, right? I mean they're gonna be beasts.
0: I tell you what, that is the scores uh, uh, their ranking system for the top rushing attacks in the NFL. You can check that out by going to the score and getting their app and uh, visit them and see what their rankings have and where your team lands. Let's take our last time out. Let's continue a conversation we were having yesterday. Who's on your all-time media dream team? Next on ESPN UP. <laughs> Tadex Foods is your Mother's Day headquarters with a large assortment of potted plants and flowers. There'll be great budget-friendly options like five-stem iris or tulip bouquets, only $3.99. Check out the large selection of greeting cards and giftware, plus specials on wine and more. So show mom some love this Mother's Day. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday only at Tadex
2: Foods Fresh Day. There are big changes coming to auto insurance. You'll have options you've never had before. At VAST, making sure you understand your options is our specialty. Sure, we all want to save money, but protecting yourself, your family, and your future is our top priority. Navigating auto reform is easy when you have someone steering you in the right direction. That's VAST. VAST is a proud provider of auto owner's insurance. Auto owners, the no problem people. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Tanner Hoop.
0: store Google Play. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you, and we're glad to have you along. Continuing a conversation we had yesterday. Jake, I was listening to Lebatard yesterday and Stu Godz put together his media dream team, his sports media dream team after watching the last dance, he wanted to put together his own dream team and he did so and you know I thought, I get he put a lot of thought into that list, but it's not necessarily the list that I would have come up with and I wanted to spend more time on this yesterday and hopefully we can put together here a pretty darn good media dream team and I think we gotta decide first and foremost do we wanna go all time or do we wanna go with current sports media members?
1: No, I say let's let's do current. I think we have a there's a good crop of current with a lot of different uniques and characteristics that could definitely come together and make, make a really good team. So
0: I'm, I'm thinking of some of these guys that i put on here. And I, for me, it absolutely has to include Al Michaels and Bob Costas. To me, those two are just the consummate professionals. They've done it uh, for the NFL. They've done it for the Olympics. They've just been a part of about everything, and uh, they just do such a great job with it. I'm putting those two as locks for my dream team.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, as a guy who grew up watching NFL and things like that, al Michaels um is definitely somebody that, you know, him and him and John Madden um hmm. two legends. I mean, absolute legends when you talk about what they did uh not only just with broadcasts and things like that, but but for the sport of football and things like that. So I I, I mean, I agree. And 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 you know, there there's some there they are they're older guys, but you know, you you saw the dream team, you got to have some older guys, some some ogs that you know have been on, on top of the game but you also got to bring in some young guys too but but yeah i think those are those are some guys that that are definitely really good and, and those are big names in the nfl for sure
0: do you have any locks that you think should be on this list
1: man I, I mean i'm just running just thinking in my head and just running through my head right now al michaels was definitely somebody that that i really liked um Mike Tirico for me is is a big one, Um, just because his versatility. He could he could be doing any any sport, and he's just so calm. You know, he he really knows how to capture the moment, um, and and I just really like that uh, about him. So I, I definitely you know I really do like Mike Tirico. I mean, it's tough because it's like what what are we looking at? Like what you know, some guys bring a different. There when you talk about for tv like i like personalities a lot mm-hmm. um some guys are just there to to be talking you know just to just to be that personality that, that funny you know i was a huge fan of like like a stephen a smith he's kind of grown i don't know i've kind of grown away from that a little bit because he you know he was a guy that you know a lot of people want to give him give him a lot of slack for just being someone who yells on tv but you got to remember like when this guy came on air and, and being in the tv um industry he kind of paved the way i mean he did it with with his own style his own jazz uh um people really kind of hung on to that um, you know he was a little bit of a comedian didn't really stick within the the corporate lines and things like that he wasn't afraid to be himself so definitely uh steven a would would be one um I don't know, man. Ernie Johnson is one that I really like. Uh, Jay Billis is another media, you know, for for college basketball. I think he brings a lot of sauce to it. Um, You you even talk about like Dan Lebatard being one. Um, I I don't know if you would necessarily call these guys locks, but I'm just talking about the way they kind of put their own um, their own sauce on it, their own, you know, spice to it. if, If if you follow my drift there, Scott Van Pelt is someone currently right now who who does a great job. He was on radio for a long time, and now obviously he does that nightly sports center thing. He's still it put, right now.
0: Stugatz put him on his dream team, by the way. Ernie Johnson was the head coach of Stugatz's dream team.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you know, these are like just guys that, you know, you, you hear their voice, you see them, and you, you connect them to a, a certain sport. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ernie Johnson definitely is one of those guys uh, who does a great job with that crazy TNT crew over there. So, um you know, you, you got you can have some reserves on the list, Adam. Now I don't know, I know, I don't know if these guys are like dream teamish, but like, like guys like Adam Schefter who yep. who are really good insiders who you know have have sources and are very accurate and very timely and, Woj. and you know are yeah again Woj is kind of like the NBA Adam Schefter where you know you're always looking to see what he has to say next and you got to respect the fact that they have the following they do. And they do it with great accuracy, and they do it, you know, you can just tell they're passionate. These guys just live and eat and breathe this stuff, and you can just kind of see it. And, uh, I mean, those are just off the top of my head. I'm I'm trying to think here. but
0: I think think I've got five for my starting five for Dream Team. Let's hear it. I think uh, I'm going to go with uh, the aforementioned Michaels and Costas. I'm going to throw in Joe Buck. I know you're a Packer fan. I know, but uh, man, I I really like the (laughs) way that swear I swear. (laughs) I like the way he calls the game. He's just he's he's a professional, and uh, I I really enjoy what he does. Mike Tirico, I think I'm going to put up there, and you know what? This is one that my last guy actually probably should be a lock because I love uh, the way he calls a game. Brent Musburger, and he's been doing it for a long time at that Mm -hmm. level.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have longevity and, and things like that, you got to respect that. So, yeah, he's a definitely another guy that you just got to look at his resume and you know he he's done it at a very professional level level, highest level, um, for a long time. So you got to respect that.
0: Here's a few other guys that I think are notable: um, Vern Lundquist and Doc Emmerich. And you know, Doc the Emmerich, only reason yep. I don't put him necessarily in that list is because you know, they're synonymous with one sport, but I kind of like some of the versatile guys, you know, but, and and I don't want to punish somebody for being uh, specific to one sport. I think that's a great thing. Um, But, man, that's it's kind of where I have this debate here, where you do have a debate when you're putting together th- this list. Does longevity, does being the face mm-hmm. or the voice of a sport matter more? Does being versatile? Because you know who I really, really like that doesn't get enough credit uh, for the job that he does as a play-by-play man is Kenny Albert, and he mm-hmm. he you know, obviously he's the number two uh, for hockey on uh, NBC. Does a lot of football work for Fox, and he's I think the only major sportscaster that does all four. Uh, the major sports with hockey football basketball and baseball Uh, and even his father Marv you know he's not a versatile guy like Kenny is but he is maybe the voice of basketball
1: yeah man it's it's tough and and I think that's kind of where I have issues like what what do I cherish the most you know what's most important to me is it is it the versatility aspect? Is it is it people who, who have come in and broke down the barriers and, and things like that? Is it somebody who's just, you know, has that unique voice or, you know, people who are, you know, like like I just said with the insider guys, people who are good at, at doing that aspect of it and breaking news and, and having the sources and being in, connected into, you know, what's going on in a certain sport. So, yeah, I mean, you could definitely debate that. And I think, I think everyone's list will be different. But, you know, I grew up watching more NFL and NBA. Those were the sports that I love to watch. Um, I was in and out of hockey over the years and things like that. Baseball not as much. So um I definitely value the the names that I've grew up listening to. Um when you want to talk more on a on less of a national level, George Blaha for me was mm. was a guy who, you know, I grew up in in every night voice of the Pistons I mean he was the voice when I fell in love with that team in the early 2000s mid-2000s when they were going on that magical run with with that team they had and and George Blaha was on my tv almost every evening you know calling the Pistons games and I used to just look forward to coming home from school and and turning on the games and watching watching the games. so he had like a huge influence on me and you know he was that you know that voice that I I love to just hear and and you know, I connect that with the Pistons and their success. So um, I think everyone's going to value names different when it comes to sports and stuff like that. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you could you could argue you could argue a lot of these guys, but yep. um, there is a lot of great names, a lot of a lot of great voices uh, and things like that. So uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and I know he, what you mean
0: Pittsburgh. there. I mean, I grew up a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, still am a Penguins fan, and listening to Mike Lang, a uh, – uh, Hall of Famer, and you know he's still doing it. He's in his uh, he's in his late 70s, and I know his career doesn't have much longer. He's already starting to reduce his his time. He doesn't travel with the team anymore. But uh, man, he was the reason I wanted to get into hockey media because man, I I would listen to him, and it just became synonymous. Uh, you know, I rem- I still remember listening. I prefer the radio call of the 2016 uh, Clark, uh, Stanley Cup uh, Game <laughs> Six, and listening to him get to call the Penguins. Lift the cup, you know that. For me, it that's it's one of those moments. So I I see what you mean with like your uh, your specific team uh, radio or TV,
1: man. Right, right, yeah. And it it goes. It's definitely deeper than everyone knows. The national guys, you know what I mean. And and another thing, you got to look at, at where these guys come from. A lot of these guys had had to work their way up from from the bottom. You know, being beat writers and things like that, and and covering things. Um, I think the one the one thing I respect about Skip Bayless. Uh, He's kind of turned into just like a media guy that will spew just random stuff for for clicks. But um, the guy did go through the gamut throughout his whole life. He covered a lot of teams, you know. He bounced around the whole United States, and he was there for a lot of the big sports moments. So I do respect the fact that you got to respect the the past some of these guys take took as well. I tell you
0: what, with that, we are out of time, man. Always good talking to you. You have anything coming up at local three?
1: Um, Right now we're doing a senior spotlight series. If you're listening right now and you're a a coach or a parent of a, a senior who got their, their seasons cut short or canceled um, for the spring seasons, please reach out to me. uh, Go to the high school sports on website. We have a uh, resume, uh, a little fill out application. You can fill out and, uh, send it to my email and um we're going to do some senior spotlights where we're just kind of shine the light on some of these athletes who who don't get to have their season tonight i'm going to be talking to michigan tech hockey head coach joe sean we're going to break down the michigan tech husky schedule um i'm going to be doing a zoom chat with him here this afternoon so we'll we'll uh, air that at the 6 and 11 so come check that out because michigan tech also i know we we covered nm on the show but michigan tech also has a pretty pretty good schedule this year as well so That's all
0: coming up over at Local 3. Be sure to check that out, and be sure to check us out tomorrow here at 4 Eastern, 3 Central on ESPN-UP. For Jake Duran, I'm Tanner Hoops. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Signing off on ESPN-UP WZAM, Ishpening Marquette.